want to deal with something today that I honestly been putting off for a long time now. It has to be like months. And the reason why I put it off and haven't talked about it yet is because there's certain topics that I believe you can't take lightly when you talk about and you have to come with the proper attitude when talking about them. So I didn't want to be, I didn't just want to just throw it in there and rush through it and be flipping about it because it is, to be honest, it's a very sensitive topic in the church today. And it's something that's very prevalent and I want to make sure I come across with a level of compassion, but at the same time, show you what the word of God says on the matter and help you to grow in your walk with Christ. And I want to deal today with the topic in part of church hurt. And I think a lot of people know about this topic. A lot of people have experienced it. And it is what I call a silent killer. And by silent killer, I mean when you get church hurt and you get pulled out from the body of Christ. Like a lot of people do when they get hurt, they stop coming to church. They stop connecting to with the body. They go on their own and they become what I call a Lone Ranger Christian. And all in their mind, they think what they're doing is godly and what they're doing is right. But in the end, it just slowly starts to kill them and take away. And that's why a lot of people you see that get church hurt in a matter of time, they're like completely left field and backslidden because it's such a silent killer. And all the while you think you're right and you're okay and you're justified in it. And a couple months ago, I preached this conference. I think it was back in August. I preached at this conference and it was entitled the fire conference. So going into the conference, I was like, okay, this is a conference about the Holy spirit. You know, all right, you're going to get a, get this, get a message together about the baptism of the Holy spirit and hit the ground running. And when I started to pray about it and ask the Lord, you know, what, what do you want me to minister at this conference? This topic came up. And I'm not going to lie to you. At first, I was very thrown off. I was like, how oh, you want me to minister about what? You want me to minister about this at a, at a Holy Ghost conference? Do you know what this is? We trying to come with the fire. We trying to get man's filled with the Holy Spirit. What are you talking about? And I kept on feeling in my spirit to preach on this. And I went over to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2. And I started to see throughout that chapter and going through the book of Acts and see the way the early church operated. And there was always a sense of unity among the early church. And the Bible tells you in different places in the book of Acts that the early church was of one heart and one mind. They were unified together and you would see the blessing of the Lord come upon them and you would see big things happen for them when they came into unity. And going into the second chapter of Acts, you see that the Bible says very familiar passage of scripture, but not everybody knows it. So let's go there. Acts chapter two. And I'm going to jump around a little bit today, but let's start in Acts chapter two. And watch what it says in verse one. It says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. And when I read that, as I was preparing for the conference, it stopped me dead in my tracks. Now, you have to understand, I grew up in church. I'm a church kid at heart. 
I've been in church all my life. I grew up under a church pew. I'm churchy to the max. If you're my friend and you know me personally, you know I'm churchy to the max. But I've read that chapter a million and a half times. And that stuck out to me for the first time in 23 years when I read that. And I was like, well, look what happened. The early church was unified. And then when those 120 were in the right mindset and in one accord, that's when the power of God came down. That's when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So I went to this conference with that in mind and I started to preach on that, that God is calling people to get unified back in the body. People who have left because of certain things, people who have, you know, moved away. And in that time, there was a lot of things that were pulling people away from the body. You got this church hurt. Then when this whole COVID thing broke out, there was the whole, you don't need to be at church. You are the body of Christ. You know, you don't need to gather. You can gather and worship from your house. Things that were just not lining up with scripture. And I saw, I was like, this is the enemy's job. This is the enemy's tactic to try pull people away from the body and get them to be ineffective. Because if you understand that the body of Christ is a body and everybody, the Bible talks about, everybody has their place in the body and we're a body fitly joined together. Everybody has their place and one part of the body can't say to the other part of the body that they don't need, need you. The eye can't say to the hand that I don't need you because the hand can't do the job of the eye. And the eye can't do the job of a hand. And I remember I said at the conference, I said, a lot of people need to stop being a seeing hand. What does that mean? A know-it-all person that disconnects from the body and thinks that they can do the job of every part of the body. You're just a hand, but you think that you can do the seeing, the touching, the feeling, the walking, the sensing, the hearing, all of that. You think you can do all that, but you're just one part. And the reason why it's so important to get connected to the body of Christ and get connected to a powerful church is because God knew you couldn't do it on your own. So he put you together with the rest of the body so you can be fully effective. So that you can do everything that he's called you to do and you not just have to try to do it on your own. And that's what we need to understand today, first of all, that that is the reason why God connects us to the body of Christ. And that's the reason why you cannot let anybody or anything pull you away from the body of Christ because everybody has their place and you cannot become a person that thinks that you can do the job of every single part of the body when you're just an eye. And that's a big trap that the enemy is trying to get a lot of people to fall into over the past two years. And even further back than that, the enemy makes you think that you're Gucci and you know it all and you know you know more than your pastor and your pastor ain't doing it like this, your pastor ain't doing it like that, and I'm just going to go off and go over here and do things myself because you know what, he ain't anointed, but I'm anointed. I got this fresh revelation. And you might think I'm being over the top, but this is how a lot of people think. This is how a lot of people believe. And it is a trap of the enemy that you're not going to fall into.
It's a trap. Many people have fall, fell, fallen into that trap. But you are not going to be a person that's going to fall. You know how Satan works. You're not ignorant of his devices. So therefore, you will overcome every single one of his attacks. And as I start to go forward in that message and talk about that, I said that one of the biggest reasons and one of the biggest ways that the enemy uses to pull people out from the body is through church hurt and offense. Because it's one of those things that is really, it's really hurtful. Like it will hurt people. And it makes you think that nobody is good. Because here's the thing, you know, your pastor, people put their pastors and preachers on pedestals. And when they fall, it's like earth shattering. It's extremely earth shattering. If you ever seen a preacher that you follow, a preacher that you're invested with, a preacher that you love, that you look up to, you receive from, and then something comes out that they fell into sin. It's earth shattering. I'll give you an example. There was a preacher back in the 80s, and I won't name him, but he came out from it and God restored him. And he's preaching today. But back in the 80s and I think early 90s, he was he was big. He was a big preacher and he had a big, massive following. But he fell into sexual sin. And it was such an earth shattering situation that when that man fell, when that preacher fell, people started backsliding. I, I heard stories. I was talking to my mom about this before. And she said, yeah, even up here in Canada, people were so distraught and so shocked by this revelation of this man's sin that they left the church, started backslide. It was such a, it was such a big thing. People would backslide, people would leave. So you put these preachers on pedestals and then when they fall, it's an earth shattering thing. Now the same thing happens when you have high respect for preachers, you have high respect for your pastors and then they hurt you or they try to control you. However it, however it works, they do something that is contrary to the image that you have of them or do something that's contrary to how they should be acting in general. And it's a very earth shattering situation. And here comes the enemy swooping in. Oh, nobody's good. Nobody's good anymore. There's no holy preachers anymore. You should just go off, you know, just go off on your own because nobody's good. Nobody's perfect. Everybody's bad. All preachers are trash. Just, just back up. And then people use it as an excuse to backslide, disconnect from the body. And then the enemy traps you in that, snatches you right out. I've seen it happen many times. So you have to really watch when it comes to the trap of church hurt. Because if you let that thing fester, and hear me when I say this, if you let that thing fester and you let it grow and you let it go unchecked, it will do some massive damage in your life. There are people who have been hurt by church leaders years back. And all these years later, they are still acting like the situation happened yesterday. And I'm not knocking people 100% for that. I'm just, I'm telling you the reality of the situation because it could be a very traumatizing situation. It could be a very hurtful situation. I'm not denying that. 
And when that happens, you would think that, oh, they got hurt yesterday. And they'd be like, no, it, it happened like 10 years ago. So, you know, I'm not going to church anymore. And it's like 10 years and they can't get over it. You have to make sure that when that happens to you, when that happens, you got to make sure that you don't let bitterness set in. You don't let anger set in. The Bible says not to let the sun go down on your wrath in Ephesians 4 around there. Because anger gives a mighty foothold to the devil. That's what the Bible says. That anger gives a mighty foothold to the enemy. And these things, people get mad because they were hurt. They get upset because somebody tried to control them and somebody came against their calling and came against all this stuff. And they let that, they open up a door to the enemy through their anger. Don't let that be you. And I'm talking to you from personal experience. I really think that it's, I, I honestly <laughs> think that it's just almost like the entryway into like ministry. To have people as a minister, the entryway into ministry, to just have people come against your calling. Every single minister, every single Holy Ghost minister that I hear has a story of People who tried to get them to come out of the place that God called them to be in. People trying to pull them out of their calling. People who told them that they're not going to go far in ministry and they're going to be a failure. I had people tell me that too. Of course, I've had people. When I launched out into full-time ministry, you would have honestly thought that I was committing the unpardonable sin. <laughs> and thank God I can laugh about it today because there was a point in time where it made me very upset. There are people around me that, and I'm not saying this to to come against people and you know i'm not saying it in a bitter way god bless those people people didn't understand and i still respect some of those people very much but there were people around me at the time who legitimately told me that i was making the biggest mistake of my life from launching the full-time ministry and it made no sense because this ministry was established in 2021 that's what i launched out 2021 in the was it the summer of 2021? And you have to understand that was still in the middle of COVID. You know, COVID was still raging. It was still a raging beast at those times. And at that time, you would have thought it was a dumb decision in the natural to do that. And I wasn't planning on doing it. I was just praying and I was on a fast and the Lord just was like, it's time. It's time to go. And I said, all right, I'll obey. But I wasn't thinking about saying, you know, I'll plan. Actually, people around me, my friends could tell you that I didn't plan on launching into full-time ministry and doing what I'm doing now for like another couple years. I didn't plan on doing that for another couple years because I was set where I was. God was blessing me where I, where I was at the time. You know, I was preaching every week and I was seeing the power of God move every single week. I was like, you know, this is okay. But deep down, I knew that it wasn't permanent and I knew that God was calling me to a different place. And I started off, you know, and it was great where I, where I was and what I was doing at the time. And I started off there, but it wasn't where the Lord wanted me to be. So you would have thought I committed to the unpardonable sin because people are like, oh, you're making a mistake. You shouldn't be doing this. Why are you doing that? You're not going to be successful. 
And to the point where even months later, people were waiting for my downfall. I'll tell you the story. People were waiting. And I don't say that to be like, oh, yeah, they're praying on my downfall. No, people were legitimately waiting for me to crash and burn and turn around and say I made a mistake. And thank God, a year and a half later, it still hasn't happened. <laughs> Praise God. And I'm not fully where I'm not at the end of where I want to be at. And I'm not at the end of where the Lord has me to be at. But thank God for growth. And thank God for the progression, because I've seen in the past year, God has blessed things and things have grown and things have moved forward. So I praise God for that. But those were very hurtful situations. And it got to the point where I had people around me tell me that I actually need to shut down my ministry. I had, I had people around me say that, that I need to just shut it down and give it up. And I can remember the first time I heard that I felt bitterness and anger like knocking at my door saying all right time to let me in let me come in I 100% remember the day that I heard that for the first time and I was like shut down my end this ministry after I just worked hard and then you have all the doubt set in like did God actually call me to the ministry and this is all in your mind deep down in your spirit I knew I was secure in my spirit but all this stuff is setting in my mind did God actually call me to the ministry? How are people saying this? I'm such a failure. I'm going to fail. Did I make a mistake? I've let down people that I've trusted. All this stuff. And I felt the bitterness, the anger, the resentment, all of that set in it. And in my mind, I started resenting the past two years. I started resenting my whole time in the ministry and I was like I just messed up the whole two years you know even though xyz happened even though I've seen the power of God move I just messed up and all that stuff started setting in and for a minute for a while I had to step back and be like you know what you know what I'm not gonna let this happen to me I'm gonna fix things right now so then I can go for it and minister to God's people again but I'm gonna take some time and I took like two weeks off I took like two weeks off and this was only like a couple months into my ministry and I could and I took two weeks off and said, you know what? I'm not going to give the enemy a foothold into my life through this. I'm not going to give the enemy a foothold through this pain. And I let it go. And thank God that a year later, <laughs> I can think back on those things and they don't make me angry. They don't make me into, oh, oh, you know, this person and that person. Thank God. And I'm telling you this because it would have taken me straight out of where God wanted me to be. It would have snatched me straight out the ministry. And that's what the enemy wants. The enemy is trying to pull you out from your place in God. The enemy is trying to pull you out from the place that God wants you in. He's trying to pull you out from your calling. Ain't it funny that preachers... Every time they answer the call of God to go into the ministry, there's always something in some way, shape, or form that works to pull them out, to try and pull them out the ministry. You go into the ministry, there's going to be people that come against your ministry, and it's usually people that you trust and people that you look up to that tell you that you're making a mistake and you're making a wrong decision. That's how the enemy works. And so-and-so said this to me, and so-and-so came against me, and so-and-so attacked me, so I ain't doing it no more. That's the job of the enemy. Your job as a Christian is when things like that happen, you turn around and you stand up and you say, I will not give a foothold to the devil, but I will be all that God has called me to be, and I will release this and let it go, and I will not be bitter. 
I will not. I'm not going to be bitter. I'm not going to do it. And this is very, you know, off track from the stuff I usually talk about. But I want you to hear me seriously today. Because there's these little things. Things that may not seem big in the grand scheme of things. Things that may not seem like one of the big great tenets of the faith. But they're things that the enemy is using to pull people out from the body of Christ. That's why I don't subscribe. I didn't subscribe to the teaching of, you know, oh, we don't need the physical church. We are the church. We don't need the church. The church is just a building. That was an enemy's lie, and I saw right through it. And people really tried to explain it like it was some great revelation. You know, you're the church. You don't need to go to church. Trying to explain it. And it's not true because once you're by yourself, you have no accountability. You're set in your own ways. You don't have a leader that can see you and see into your life and work with you and help correct you when you need to be corrected. You're by yourself. And of course, you're going to think everything you're doing is right when you're alone. You're going to justify all your actions when you're alone. And the enemy uses that to pull you off track. And you cannot let the enemy do that. But thank God, when you come into contact with the body of Christ and you come into the place that God wants you to be in, There is no stopping you. There is no stopping you. Absolutely no stopping you. If you're unified, nobody can stop you. If you're divided, then you won't be effective. You will not be as effective. Look at a church that's divided. A church that went through a church split and people are following this person and following that person All this stuff, they're never as effective as they need to be because they're divided and they're not in one accord and they're not unified in heart and mind. But when everybody has the same goal, when everybody has the same direction in mind, everybody's going in the same direction, then guess what? Then you are unstoppable. And that's what the enemy is after. He is after the unity so that you can divide and go off and never be as effective as God wants you to be. So you have to be the person that says, nope, I will not do that, but I will get on track with God. And I will let go of everything that is trying to pull me off the track that I need to be on, anything that's trying to pull me out from the covering of God, anything that's trying to pull me away from where I need to be. I will not let it stay. I'll not let it stay. I'm not going to let it stay. Let me read you one more. Let me read you one more verse. Go to the book of Ephesians. And watch what it says in Ephesians chapter 4. This is speaking of the fivefold ministry. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11. Now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by any wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. But instead, we will speak the truth in love 
growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does his own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So watch that chapter right there. The reason why God put the fivefold ministry in place, verse 12 says, to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church. And this will continue until we come into a unity of your faith and knowledge of God's son that you'll be mature and measure up to the complete standard that Christ is calling you. Watch what else happens. They will, you will no longer be immature like children and you will not be tossed and blown about by every wind of doctrine. And you won't be influenced when people try to trick you with lies so clever they sound like the truth. This is the reason why, this is part of the reason why God has put the fivefold ministry in place. They are in place to help you measure up to the standard that God has called you to. They are to help equip you to do the work that God has called you to do. They are also in place to teach you so that when the enemy comes and when the enemy sends people with false teachings and false doctrines that the Bible prophesied would happen in the last days, you would not be blown about by it and you wouldn't subscribe to it because you know the truth. You know the right way to go so nobody can pull you off track. So isn't it funny that that's why the enemy tries to launch an attack against the fivefold ministry and cause there to be a disrespect towards the fivefold ministry and people to carry a flippant attitude towards the fivefold ministry. Well, I don't need him. I don't need that. I don't need a pastor. You know, I, I don't need to listen to preaching. I don't need to listen to preachers. You know, we're all the same. You know, nobody's perfect. We're all humans. You know, he's just a man too. Who do you think he is? You know, I'm anointed too. That, I'm anointed too. What does he think he's the only one? That's the way that the enemy tries to pull you out. Stay away from that. A story just came to my mind. There is a man by the name of Korah. Isn't it in the book of Exodus, I think. But there is a man by the name of Korah. And this was in Moses' time. Korah, it's in Numbers. Korah thought, and Korah was a Levite. So they already, he, he and his clan already had big position back in the Old Testament. But Korah wanted more. So he turned around and he, was, he started to come against Moses and he incited a rebellion against Moses. And long story short, God ended up judging Korah and his followers very harshly. And Korah's mindset was, we're anointed too. Who does Moses think he is? We can hear from God too. We're all God's chosen people. And Korah used that as fuel to incite a rebellion against Moses. And God ended up judging Korah very severely for that act. You have to make sure that you don't take on that attitude. You don't let things cause you to take on that Lone Ranger attitude and I'm anointed too. Don't let anything make you take on that attitude because it is not God's way. And there are a lot of people who have been hurt and a lot of people who have been through the hands of abusive leadership in churches. But then they turn around and they take on the attitude of Korah. They turn around and they take on the Lone Ranger attitude. And that's when they get into problems themselves. Yes, you were hurt. Was it right? No. Am I justifying that? No. 
Does a does church abuse happen? Definitely a hundred percent. But you don't have. Listen to me when I say this. It was wrong that it happened, but you don't have the right. You don't have the right to act out because it happened. You don't have the right to dislodge yourself from the body because it had happened. Get into the place that God wants you to be in. Get connected to the body that God wants you to be in. Get connected to the church that the Lord is leading you to connect with. But do not become a lone ranger. Do not become a seeing hand, as I said earlier. And don't become somebody who disconnects themselves from the body. But connect yourself fully and get unified with the body of Christ. And you will see and you will become effective. You will become effective more than you know. And I say this all the time when talking about this subject. Well, I've only talked about this subject a handful of times. <laughs> but I said this a lot when I was preaching at this conference too. I said Christ is the head on the body. He's the one that leads the body. He's the one that calls the shots. So when you connect, when you get connected to his body, you don't have to worry about fickle leadership. You don't have to worry about abuse. You don't have to worry about leadership abusing you because he's the head. And if you follow him, you can know that he has your best interests at heart and he will never, he will never, ever do anything to mess you up. Everything God does is for your betterment. Everything he does is for your betterment. So I want to encourage you with that today. And if you're here and you're listening to this podcast and you're, you, the Holy Spirit is illuminating to you things that you've let come in, anger and bitterness that you let come in, you've been hurt by church leadership and the enemy has used it to pull you away. This is your time to get back on track. Repent, forgive, let it go. And get back on track and get back into the place that God wants you to be in. And you will see the blessing of the Lord come from that because you obeyed his word. You obeyed his word and you obeyed what he said. And you will see the blessing of God come on you in a mighty way. I thank you so much for tuning into this week's podcast. I really hope it blessed you. And I hope it helps you go forward in your spiritual life and edifies you and builds you up and helps you to become the full person that God wants you to be. If you're blessed by this week's podcast and you feel led to sow a seed, I want to give you that opportunity right now to do it. You can head over to the website marlinbenjamin.net and go over to the Give Now page and sow as God directs you to give. Not under pressure, but however the Lord leads you to give. Because as I tell you all the time that the enemy wants to stop the kingdom of God from going forward. And one of the ways he tries to do that is by stopping prosperity. And he uses that to stop the gospel from going forward. But you won't be that person who does that today. And as I tell you all the time, when you give to the kingdom of God, God will not take that lightly. God will always bless you for that. So I want you to prayfully consider today and ask the Lord what he would have you to give to this ministry. And when he leads you, go over to that website and go ahead and sow that seed. And I thank you so much for doing that today. And I pray the blessing of God. I didn't have to pray. When you take that act in faith, it will happen for you. And I believe it's going to happen for you quickly in the name of Jesus. We also have opportunities to partner with this ministry. That's a new opportunity that just came to this ministry a couple weeks ago. If you want to partner with this ministry, you can head over to that Give Now page and click on the partner with us button and you'll be able to sow your seed 
regularly. You don't have to come and, oh, I remember I have to come today and do it. And you can set it for a monthly amount and partner, and they will sow that seed automatically every month to support this ministry and support the gospel going forward. And as you do that, God will bless you for that. And I thank you so much for it, and I bless you in the name of Jesus for that. God does not take that lightly, and I don't take it lightly. And I thank you so much for doing that once again. God bless you.